0: Hey everyone, this is Cornelius. My pseudonym online is King's Eyes. I acknowledge that I'll never get it. I can read every book, I can talk to every person to learn, I can mourn the victims and partake in it to the best of my ability, but I'll never be on the inside looking out, so to speak, at the systemic anguish and pain that's been caused black families throughout our world's history. I come from a middle-class Norwegian family. I always had food on the table, a roof over my head, and never a genuine fear in my mind for my own well-being while walking in public by myself, minding my own business. This is a luxury I've taken damn near for granted my entire life. Now more than ever, though, I recognize that, sadly, not everyone is born with that luxury. This privilege, this ugly safety net that our tainted world history has made the complexion of our pigment out to be. Just because the media isn't writing about the topic, doesn't mean you and I should stop talking about or concerning ourselves with the topic. We are the ones that make the difference. Turning the other cheek and is letting racism continue to have a foothold in the world, and that is at this point not an option anymore. Myself and the crew at Sigil Arts and the rest of King's Eye's life all proudly stand with the Black Lives Matter campaign. Hashtag Black Lives Matter was founded in 2013 in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murderer. Black Lives Matter Foundation, Incorporated, is a global organization in the United States, the United Kingdom and Canada, whose mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. By combating and countering acts of violence, creating space for black imagination and innovation, and centering black joy, we're winning immediate improvements in our lives. If you want to read up more, get involved, or donate to the campaign, you can do so by going to www.blacklivesmatter.com. All the resources you are looking for will be there. Join the conversation for a better, more equal tomorrow by using the hashtag BLM or hashtag Black Lives Matter on Twitter, Instagram, or your other social medias. Once again, that's www.blacklivesmatter.com. Join the cause and the divide between people and do it now. Thank you for your attention towards this extremely important cause, and now let's start the show. Alright, welcome one and all to the show, so spectacular that Wrestlemania pales in comparison. Welcome to I Got Lucky with King's Eyes. I am a shopper, I am a walker, I am a bedmaker, in the sense of making my bed every morning. I am a food critic at Pizza Express. Uh, First and foremost, though, I am currently your podcast host on this lovely Friday. Hope you all have had a good day, some good food, and a little bit of good luck while you're at it. The wonderful intro song you heard is a clip that was brought to you by Wax, and his song Home is Where the Bar Is, which is off of his most recent album BAAA. Uh, that's the official anthem for the show going forward, and I hope you enjoy it. It's that's a, a pretty killer vibe, doesn't it? On today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about how my week was, obviously. We're going to talk a little bit about the most recent California wildfires. Uh, we're going to talk about the United Kingdom, where Boris Johnson uh, and the rest of the Tories, you know, they've uh, sprung a vendetta on uh, the teenagers over, all over the UK for things that the Tories and Boris Johnson told them to do. We're going to talk about uh, Andrew Yang, the former presidential candidate, and his, um, his newfound vendetta on Twitter against uh, the pro wrestling mogul uh, Vince McMahon. We're going to talk about uh, Mario's 35th anniversary, we're going to talk about Oliver Solberg being a class act in the WRC, and we're going to talk about Pierre Gasly uh, scoring his first victory uh, in Formula 1 competition over at Monza, which was a home victory for AlphaTauri. All of that and so much more, so I suggest strap on in, grab a cold beer or beverage of choice, listen to some stories from this past week, and have yourself a good Friday. Before we get really into it though, a quick word from our core sponsor that makes the show possible every week. Of course, it's King Styles Apparel. That is, um, I call it a sponsor, it is my own gig. Uh, Very much uh, starting to become a very beneficial business. It's a very creative outlet for me, uh, where if I feel compelled from one day to another, something will go up on the page. And this week, what went up was a bunch of accessories. There's a shitload of new uh, phone cases that are available. Most importantly, though, we are dealing with a pandemic still, and so of course we have an offering, uh, a first batch, if you will, of face masks with our own exclusive designs. All go for twenty pounds, which will, um, which will roughly, um, it'll roughly convert to about $23, 24 dollars, I think, with today's currency. Don't hold me to that please don't that's that's my loss um you obviously it'll say i think there's a converter on the page somewhere but yeah there's six of them up two have already sold uh, it's uh, you know they are interesting business to be dealing with and also they're extremely comfortable i have the statement one myself my lovely fiance has the glitter gaming one and we can obviously this will sound uh, subjective rather than objective but what is objective really um the the masks and the rest of the products they've been shipping out they've are fantastic in quality I don't say that may, just because uh, I am the one owning and running this shit it is like blown my expectations completely out the water had this been shit I wouldn't have kept going with it I wouldn't have put the endless amount of hours into it that I have so if you will go to get to www.kingseyes.life/store check out the selection that is the website itself is also in constant developments you'll see. Uh, some changes around the front page, you'll see the new product pages uh, unfolding, you'll see that it's all tailored to the different collections rather than just a pale white background that most the other web stores will continue to routinely run. We are all about building brands, and we're all about building the content creators that we have in our pool, which would be the ones such as Glitter Gaming. It would be, say, Invader, Edo Ninja. You have Crunch. You have Schmurp, Possibly more coming in. We don't know all that for certain yet. But they'll all get an offering of unique merchandise made tailored to them, to the best of my ability to build their brand. So, if you want to check that out, go to www.kingsize.life/store. Check out all the various merchandise. You have the Failureware collection. The Clansmen Unite. You have the Creators of Kingsize Life. You have the Statement and a smandering of other shit that is coming. Trust me, I'm working on this. If I wasn't sleeping, it would have been 24-7, more or less. So, with that, once again, that's www.kingseyes.life/store. Now, let's get into the show. So, how was my week? That's a great question. I'm glad I asked myself that. Uh, My my week this week, uh, it's been, you know, it's been kind of a lackluster week in many a sense. It's been very much... Um, running back the seams on the website and working through things that I've set up previously that I've then learned more and I know that I can improve on. It's been a lot of that. Also, I went and I have um, uh, I went to Waterstones, which is a big you know bookstore in the UK, and I acquired myself three new books. Uh, one of them is the Big BBQ Burger Guide, I believe it's called. Then there is the Jamie Oliver Italy book, which. I know uh, there's uh, relative hatred against J- uh, Jamie Oliver on many accounts. Now, what I will say with this book, why I specifically picked that one rather than all his other shit, and why I also torn off the little soft cover and just threw that shit out the window, is because this one in particular, he spent about eighteen months in Italy learning everybody else's recipes and methods of cooking. So there's a shitload of great Italian stuff in there. For example, I made the um. um I actually, I made a full-on margarita pizza just a couple days ago. That was just amazing. I ain't made pizza from the bottom-up like that ever. And so to make a margarita and for it to taste as it did with, like, a homemade tomato sauce base, uh, the complete, like, the dough-made bottom-up with everything, it's all just healthy, it's homegrown, it's home-cooked, all of it, that was a very good feather in my cap. And, um... While there won't be a post on that specifically just yet on the cooking section of the blog you'll um, there will be more updates to that soon and I'll talk more about that in segment three of the show um that's something uh, me and my lovely fiance we've been going on a lot of walks recently there's a lot to see in Winchester go figure. we just kind of we walk out of our house then we pick a direction and we just keep going for a while and we look at houses and we start you know we, uh, beginning to map out kind of okay, if we were to live in, say, the UK, what would we most enjoy in terms of, oh, if it, it, it could look this way, or it could be that distance from the street, or, oh, this is a nice, quiet street, or there's, oh, this is a locked-off property, great, let's fucking jump the fence and have a look. No, we don't do that, relax, we're not trespassing, uh, even if we're a bit nosy from looking from afar. That is indeed a case. Uh, I've been doing a lot of that... Uh, kept up with the home cooking except for today, where we went for a walk. And this is, you know, it's the, the cliches and the romance uh, thing. It's a little over a month now since me and uh, Glitter got engaged. So we decided today that we were going to go the same route that we did on the day that we got engaged, was August 9th, uh, where we went down through Winchester, down High Street, uh, went through one of the local parks down by the river. Uh, And then followed along a very long street and even jested about, oh, where there's this uh, thing from when we did that, where there's this very, very long street from the park we were at up to the bridge where it eventually happened that we got engaged. And I remember at the beginning of that street, she looked at me and went, oh, but uh, I get called Spooze. That's an awful nickname. She looked at me and going, Spooze, it's so far and it's so hot. Can't we just like go somewhere else or go home? And I went, but glittered duckies and I managed to convince her that way and so we went walking up there and thank fuck we did because we went went up to that bridge uh, and that's where I bent the knee and there's going to be a video on YouTube eventually of that I can't tell you exactly when because I want to put it together properly Uh, but rest assured there will be something on there uh, in the end where you'll get to see the exact moment where it happened and stuff leading up to it and whatever Um, for what was essentially the best day of my life So, of course, I want to put that out there for posterity. I Actually, I put just the clip of the actual thing on my Facebook, and, like, in two days, it had, like, 300 views. Uh, That blew me away. Though, uh, the response for all the stuff I put out about the engagements kind of blown me away. So, uh, but, yeah, we went and did that, and then we uh, culminated that whole trip by going to Pizza Express, and we ate a lovely lunch with a, a, um, she had, what was it called, like a cannelloni which is an Italian almost lasagna dish with like a very chunky and delicious like cheese sauce and various spices like basil, basil, basil basil is one of them. Uh, and some various other things. I tasted it myself, the texture on that thing was amazing. I myself, I had Apollo Pesto, which is like a, a, um, a penne pasta in a white sauce with a lot of spices, some mushrooms and some chicken to it. That along with a Pinot Noir white wine, fantastic meal best decision for her lunch i've made in a while and i didn't have to cook it myself which i've done you know essentially the rest of the week uh, i've been cooking home home cooked to have more control of what's going into the meals it's uh, you know a norm that i learned from a uh, high and mighty master his name is a uh, diamond dallas page i'm looking at his book right here that i purchased like last year uh, it's called positively unstoppable the art of owning it which you can find on ddpyoga.com or wherever books are sold really um where there is uh, paragraphs about nutrition, uh, one of which is, if you can't uh, picture what it is in front of you and you can't pinpoint it, like, I don't know, uh, what, would, what would such a thing be called? I'm going to take one of these tubs here, what does it say? Like, if I go ahead and I call, I say, um, phenox, uh, phenoxyethanol, can you pick that out from anywhere and tell me what it looks like and what it tastes like on its own? No. Really? Well, then why the fuck are we eating it? Well, probably not eating that because that was part of a hair product tub that I just fucking pulled off my shelf. Then, but the premise is the same: if you can't, if you can't distinguish or identify what it is, you shouldn't be eating it. And so, with that mission in mind, I've been cooking much more homegrown, even if it's with the the gluten and various other things. At least I have control of what's going into my meal, and that has helped quite a bit, honestly. Without doing the DDP yoga thing for like a couple of weeks now. Still just eating that, I've still lost two kilos. Like I, I came to the country at 90 kilos, I'm down to like 86 something, it's amazing. Even if I've had like a week or two where I did the DDPY and then I've just been cooking and doing stuff like that. So that's something. That was my week for the most part. I can't, well up until just a couple hours ago because I'm, I'm very late in recording this. Can't you tell? Because today is Friday as I'm recording this. The episode's about to go. is supposed to go up in like three, four hours. I'm this late. Gosh, what am I gonna do? Oh, I know. I'm gonna talk about news that happened in the world this week. Shit, I just smacked my microphone. The government's corrupt. I know it. What the fuck you want me to do? Go overthrow it. There's starving children everywhere you look. What the fuck you want me to do? I barely know how to cook. So, for the first news story this week that caught my eye, it came actually from Glitter. We've been speaking plenty about her for now. But the, the story that she told me was the cause of the California wildfires. Apparently, what has happened for the wildfires to break out in such a, a, an awful fashion as they have, and my thoughts are with you, California. I hope you pull through this and that there is something left to salvage in the end. Like sincerely, that, that is my hope. But apparently the cause was that there was a Californian family that were doing a gender reveal party and they shot off some fucking fireworks or some of the sort. And that's what caused this. Like, are you kidding me? Why in the holiest, uh, like why? Why on this earth you live on, is it necessary during a pandemic uh, in the land that is just like the most prone, besides maybe uh, you know Australia and the bushfires, why would you go ahead and be shooting fireworks into just uh, into nothing and expecting nothing to happen? Are you really and well and truly that brain dead to think that you can come away with no consequence to that? Like honestly. Which that's an apropos sentence that I do that, because then to cross over from uh, the California wildfires to someone else where it's like, how do you expect to come away with no consequence from this? That is essentially the sentiment that Boris Johnson and the Tories have put towards the teenagers of the United Kingdom for heeding their own advice about, oh, you know, you you can go out and you can do this and you can do that and you should be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that and you should be eating out to help out. But do be careful, though, and maybe not do it if you don't have to. And advo- advice that is so just ambiguous and convoluted and flat out, sorry to say this, not sorry at all, stupid, that you can't make sense left or right of it. But the the teenagers have been heeding the Tories, which were elected back in December, you know, that this was a, you know, we'll, we'll listen to what they have to say. We'll go about our business the way that we usually would. But being careful. And now all of a sudden they want to pin it on them again. That, you know, oh, we put this thing out. You weren't supposed to listen to us. What? What is this? That's preposterous. We said that because you were being difficult. Ah." You wish with a lot of these government things that you see out and about, be it stories, whether they're true, completely true or untrue, whatever they may be, you always hope that there's some semblance of conscience behind it. At this point, with the handling of the pandemic from ver- like various, if not all governments, I'll take some exception to New Zealand and also to Norway because we've been handling pretty well, even if we had an outbreak quite recently. But there's no way to handle it. And I'll give, you know, I'll give some remorse. I'll have some remorse here in we haven't had a situation like this to deal with ever. Quite honestly, a pandemic to the size and scope of this, never been a thing all of a sudden it's like you see people all over the the place wearing masks which thank fuck they do and the people that are disagreeing with the mask wearing you're stupid go find something like find a bush to hide in or i don't know a vaccine to not take whatever your fancy is just don't mingle with the rest of society and then fornicate and have produced more of you because your breed of stupid has no home Technically speaking, quite literally speaking, because we're the ones uh, such as myself and others, I'll vouch just for me because I'm only speaking for myself, seeing stories like that where it's like a God's breathing apparatus shouldn't be prohibited. Your God's breathing apparatus shouldn't be in the way of people's health. That is why you're wearing it. It's not a a sign of uh, weakness or inhibiting your breath in any way. If anything, it's inhibiting the disease that you might be bearing without knowing from spreading to someone elderly, someone that's more prone to get it. It's much more so a respectful thing to do to try and stall the deceased from spreading all over the place and becoming a bigger fucking problem than it already is. So take that into consideration. Please do. I implore you. Take that into consideration before you want to put the argument out there that wearing masks is ungodly or like it's it's wrong or you are being forced to do this by your government. No, it's a goddamn common sense issue. And that's where I'm going to end the whole segment two thing. And yes, indeed, in the background playing with that was the world is fucked up. And I think that's very apropos with this. Just gosh, Really? Fucking hell, people. Oh, I'm speaking quite frankly. I'm speaking my opinions, if there's any doubt about that. It's strictly my opinions this So, yeah. Right, for segment three, we're gonna jump into a little bit of the developments of the website. What are the developments of the website this week, you ask? Well, for one, the blog section took about three light-years to try and load prior to, um, yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Prior to yesterday, about three, maybe four light years, if you were lucky, or just awfully unlucky, just took an awful amount of time to load. And I knew exactly what it was, but I had neglected to fix it just as of yet. But yesterday, I went ahead and fixed it. I cleaned up the entire page. Now it's sitting there with categories on their own little diagonal bars. They look fucking amazing, if I may say so. Um, it's all sectioned off in categories. You can keep scrolling till you find the category of choice, or you can just stay on the most recent section at the top. Uh, This—it's—it's uh, it's a cool layout. I like it, and I think it's gonna stay long term. And I'll just keep adding categories as I go. Um, and there's gonna be more content with that soon. And I'm gonna look into the post templates and stuff like that, just to kind of make it all a prettier, if you will. Just the my my bestest attempt at making everything. Look clean and fit the same sort of bill for everything as relates to King's Life. There's still some stragglers in terms of the about section, not the commission section, because um our dear resident graphic designer, did a brilliant job of giving me a template to work through uh, in order to set that page up for him. If you didn't catch that last week, by the way, the commission section now, that is 100% Schmirp. That is, I don't do commissions anymore. I want that. To, I want that out there, and it's important. If like, if you've been someone that's taken commissions from me previously, that's no more. I've retired from that because I have this entire business that I have to take care of. Otherwise, the commissions I have put in very, very capable hands. If you're doubting that, go to twitter.com/smerkderp. Look at the media section of his tweets, and you'll see exactly what I mean. Or look no further than, and this is a neat segue too. Look at Sigil Arts, which is the podcast network from which you should be listening to this. I mean, quite frankly, it's simple. You go to www.kingsize.life slash Sigil-Arts. Pretty soon it'll be slash podcasts, but we'll get to that. You go to that section, and then you look at the banner that unfolds at the front. You look at the logo that's been made. You look at the little sticker in the top left corner of every cover art launched by Sigil Arts. All of that is shmurp the little sigil like with the volcano uh, and the play button and the circles around it all him all drawn from the bottom and it's fantastic to look at in every which way and it's a logo that I'm gonna say sweeping declaration right here never gonna change never ever gonna change for no particular reason that's never gonna change it's I'm so happy with the work he did for that, and the work he routinely keeps doing for me, and giving me ideas for doing the website and the other stuff that he does around it. Heck, he did the entire Clansman um, uh, Unite collection uh, along with Edo Ninja, which I'll get into the the whole King Styles King Styles thing in just a second. But for the the Sigil Arts thing, yeah, I can't I can't not shout out Schmerp when talking about this. Quite honestly, because He did such an amazing job, and I adore the work he does, and I'm so proud to have him on my team and keep working with providing people with the best possible commissions and personal branding that is available on the market bar none. And if you knew the sort of stuff that he's, like what he's working with in terms of tools and situation, your mind would be blown, quite honestly. Whether for the good or the bad, your mind would be blown at the, the, the work he does from where he does it. <clears throat> so that's mainly it. That and also we are improving and doing more with the post templates. As of right now, there's been some developments that are very interesting uh, that uh, goes directly to feeds and things of the sort. Uh, we'll elaborate more on that later. And it, it's all just uh, to try and improve the user interface and also to improve the uh, the speed at which the the hosts and stuff can put out content when they're supposed to do that on their days. So that's the, the podcast network. Then we get into what's been the most interesting so far this week, which is the brand, King Styles Apparel. We have, uh, this week, we've launched so much stuff. Primarily accessory stuff, I will say. There's been one sweatshirt uh, to the statement collection that's been added. But beyond that... Our provider has, um, uh, you know, gave word that now uh, we have a shitload of new things such as face masks. Oh, well, that's apropos. There's a pandemic where you need a face mask. And now you can get them full print with whichever content creator you want from Sigil Arts. You can get that custom print and it's 20 pounds before shipping. That is... So cool to be able to offer something like that. And it's already sold, Couple. And they've been out for like just a day or two. Imagine that. I hope soon enough that I'll actually have a picture to show you these uh, that you can find on the uh, King Styles Twitter. But yeah, the designs that have come out in this first batch of six uh, are very, very cool. I very much enjoy them. I actually, we, me and uh, Glitter, we each have... Uh, Two of them, we or we have one of them each. We have the statement, the black one with the little brand logo, and we have the glitter gaming one. Uh, sort of uh, what I would call samples or prototypes of that mask. And I can't see myself wanting to buy any other mask. To be quite honest, I adore my goddamn mask because it's got my name on it. What an ego trip! I know. Deal with it. <laughs> Yeah, so that's been a big thing, and then also there is another thing coming. Uh, we've kind of settled on quite, uh, quite recently. You'll get to know more about it soon, but it deals once again with our uh, current top creator, which is Edo Ninja. There is another thing coming to the shop, or to the store. My bad. There's another thing coming to the store quite imminently that does deal with um, with Edo Ninja and his whole brand. So I hope you look forward to that. And obviously it'll be shared on all our Twitters. You have mine, which is at KingSize Life. You have the actual podcast network Twitter, which is uh at arts Media. I think it's in one word. If I'm not too mistaken. It's Sigil Arts Media. Yep. Sigil Arts Media. It's at Sigil Arts Media. Uh and obviously you have the Twitter for the brand, which is at KingStyles underscore. All of them will obviously be showing and telling more about this as it comes. And I think you're going to be excited about it if you've seen any of Edo Ninja's work previously. Just say it. Say Invader, who. I, I, I'd like to. Now that it's mentioned, I'm going to uh, give a little congratulations on the air to my, my buddy Say Invader who quite recently on his uh, first show hit uh, 400 lifetime listens. And bear in mind, that's since we switched provider back in April. So in four months, he has accumulated about an average of 100 listens per month. Uh, starting com- from completely from nothing. Like, honestly, the, the work we've been doing with the the Twitter uh, and some of his stuff on the YouTube, but primarily the stuff he's been doing on the podcast and just putting out quality content... Uh, that's earned him 400 lifetime listens. Which, uh, clearly, that bodes well uh, for the future of the show. I say that. Whether the show has a future or not, we're actually going to find out next week when we're doing uh, what is quote-unquote a season finale for You Have Failed. It'll come out on Tuesday of the next week, where you will find that you have... uh, Say, Invader is not hosting. That's intriguing. You have... Um, you have uh, Edo Ninja making an appearance. You have Glitter Gaming making an appearance. And then, wouldn't you know, you also have me. I'm actually going to be the primary host of You Have Failed next week. So, that's something to look forward to. You know, not, an, not a foreign voice because I've been on there drunk and stupid. Or just primarily stupid. Either one works. But that was the thing uh, that's going to happen. Uh, and it's going to be a very interesting episode. It's going to be very different from what you've heard on You Have Failed previously. So, that's the thing. Congratulations to you and on the 400 listens. I can only hope that I'll get I Got Lucky up to that number uh, in due time myself. And in the meantime, we're gonna uh, keep looking at the numbers and we're gonna keep uh, plugging away at this buddy and it's gonna be a success. No matter what, we're gonna make this a success. Uh. Check it out. So then, we have segment four. Uh, I am i don't need to tell you what's on my syllabus. I don't have to tell you that it's segment four. You should figure this out by yourself, by the pre-production and stuff like that. Right, but it's a little dive going into what's my interests and the things around that this week. So you have a couple of things through there. You, a couple of things that are there. Uh, we're going to start off with the uh, pro wrestling side of things, where this week you had a former presidential candidate, Andrew Yang, in the United States. He put out some interesting tweets. Let me just pull them up real quick. Right, so I found his tweets, and it is a chain of three, three ones, uh, or three tweets even, that got him a shitload of attention. Uh, and I'll, I'll quote all three. This comes uh, in, the, the, in the wake of uh, WWE going out and banning its performers from using third-party services such as a Twitch and a Cameo with their names and likenesses, even if they're classified as independent contractors, which means you are partnering with a business to conduct business that is mutually beneficial. That doesn't make you an employee, which you'd be excused for thinking they were employees, but no, they're classified as independent contractors. Which is just the most weird, uh, greedy fucking tactic to do. Because li- listen to this, right? I'm going to tell this as far as I remember it. It is, if you're classified as an independent contractor, it means you've gone into business with a different business to do stuff that is mutually beneficial. They get to benefit off of your name and likeness being there. But you control your schedule when you want to work. And ultimately... Um, the, the, one, like the, the big sacrifice with that is that you don't get dental, you don't get insurance, like health insurance, and you don't get the benefits that a typical employee would get. Now, try and put that in the context of professional wrestlers that go through car crashes and throw themselves at the ground for a living and for our entertainment. They don't get that. They're responsible for that themselves. Not for any particular reason other than Vince McMahon is a greedy motherfucker. And I I said that, I've watched his product now for 20 years or so. Not 20, hang on, Uh, it would be about 18 years I've watched his stuff. And so let me read out Andrew Yank's uh, tweets real quickly here. So the first one reads, if I'm not the secretary of labor, I'm pretty confident I'll have his or her number to talk about the ridiculous classification of WWE wrestlers as independent contractors while controlling their name and likeness for years even for something as benign as Cameo. Second one reads, Vince, you'd better hope your old friend Donald wins because change is in the air and changes are long overdue where your corrupt labor practices are concerned. It would give me great pleasure, the people know. And thirdly, for all the wrestlers who know that you are being misclassified but are reliant on staying on Vince's good side, even because WWE might hire you, I get it. Our job is to make it easier for you to get what you deserve without risking your career. Yes, that is... It, it is a very, very true statement. And it it caught, obviously, the attention of the people. Because the first one's got 7.4k retweets and 36.8k likes. That is a shot loud and clear. And let me also tell you this, because I know a little bit about the practices that the they go through. Um, the WWE, that is. They, on, I don't know if it's a daily or a weekly basis, but they get the social media reports about what surrounding their business trended the most. And this whole shit right here with Andrew Yang tweeting out, and their decision to, you know, stop the third-party stuff for their independently contracted pro wrestlers, that was on their agenda. If not one day, more days. Of this last week. And... I, I even, I wrote a blog post about it. And in it, I said like, uh, not to quote myself because I can't remember the sentence, but it was something to the effect of, you know that big evil corporation in the cliche films where you the man is working for him, um, working for this evil corrupt boss that you see in, like, you see him in the expensive suits and he doesn't give a fuck for the people that works for him. WWE seems hell-bent to be that like, to be that corporation out into the public eye, which is not really the position you want to place you in, is it? Like, you rely on the fans being on your side and coming and paying for tickets to come and watch your show, typically. I'm saying that as typically because obviously with a pandemic and everything, you can't really have too big an audience at this current time. But in looking at and thinking about it, why villainize yourself In such a way where everybody has social media, everybody can read the news, everybody can pick up a camera and in the second be a journalist, sadly. But with that, you got to work within the confines of that and banning people that work for you from doing things and building their personality on their own, actually making them, you know, giving them an identity all to themselves like they should be doing rather than working through your asinine scripts and that bullshit. Banning them from that, and just sanitizing and stagnating the people that work for you, stifling them even, like this is an attempt at doing, it'll get out. And people will see it, and what will people think? They won't think, oh yeah, you know, good on them. These these pro wrestlers that throw themselves at the ground, they shouldn't be able to make a living off of anything else. They should be making a living throwing their shirt off, hem and panties matches, and going through car crashes on 15 different occasions in five minutes for my entertainment, either on the television screen or live in the arena. That's how they're supposed to make money. That's all they get to do. What a stupid fucking sentiment to put out there that you don't want them to make a living using that identity in a way that you couldn't do anyway. And I'm going to mention the example of Touts, which you invested heavily in many, many years ago. Where has that gone? That's up and died, hasn't it? Yeah. That was a great investment in social media and building identities, wasn't it? What, well, like six? Was it six seconds or was it two? I don't even recall because tout was that useless. And you invested a shitload of money in that because it was going to benefit everyone's bottom line in the end. Everyone that participated would get a, you know, an equal share of the pot on that one. <laughs> Kiss their ass is essentially what... That is. And I've spent... Uh, bu- oh, holy shit. <laughs> I've spent a good time talking about that now, haven't I? Right. On to something more light, something more positive. We have the uh, very out-of-the-blue thing that came from Nintendo this week, which is celebrating the 35th anniversary of the Mario Bros. Which, that brought a lot of interesting things to it. You had things like the uh, Mario Kart home circuit, which means you get a physical... Mario Kart, that'll connect with your, I think, was it your phone or was it your Switch? One of the two. As a gadget, and you can make your house into a circuit and race with people in your home, or who knows if the capabilities would go that someone else could connect via Wi-Fi to the track that you have in your house, and with that play a game of racing around your living room. I think that's such an amazing thing to do, and it just shows kind of the the creative juices at Nintendo that, yeah, they dare to do that shit. It's not just the holding the controller and doing that shit, they always dare to take that one jump a little further and make stuff a little more interesting than say the, uh, it's not even competition, because they don't give a fuck about competition, because they create the most unique experiences in comparison to the Xboxes and playstations of the world where everything is big AAA titles and online capabilities and that's about it that and also you know with the graphics how they look and stuff that doesn't necessarily equate to fun it, it doesn't have to it could be great fun for a while but where's the replayability where's the sort of all you get with them two consoles, this is my opinion, because I own neither of the, the newer gen Xbox or PlayStation consoles, it all boils down to just competition between two brands to try and outdo one another. And there's no fun in that. Yeah, development will skyrocket, but is the development going the right way? And the clear-cut example to the left right there, you know, over in Kyoto in Japan, is Nintendo, where everything's fun. Everything's interesting, it's colorful, and people love that shit. We've eaten the Switch fucking alive because it's an amazing little machine that can do everything. Ideally, Xbox and PlayStation just keep up with their shit because Nintendo will be the best anyway. That's that's neither here nor there. That's just a personal preference from a kid that began playing Nintendos. I have a picture somewhere. I can't tell you where, but I have a picture somewhere where I at age either... I think I was either 2 or 3 years old, where there's a picture of my dad uh, sitting with me right nearby and we're playing the Super Nintendo, which we never owned, we like rented it for a day or two. And I started with Nintendo at that age and then I got my first N64 at age 5. And the very first game I got, and this is quite a good segue too, I've been good on segways this week, shit. But the first game that I had on the Nintendo 64 was the Super Mario 64 game. And now that's being ported to Switch along with Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy for, I think it's called Super Mario 3D All-Stars if I don't, uh, if my memory serves me correctly right here. And that is so cool. I look so forward to playing those again, particularly in this. While Super Mario 64, that's a lot of fond childhood memories and a lot of ire, just in frustration of I couldn't fucking beat Bowser at the time or I couldn't get all the stars and all this other shit. But Super Mario Sunshine came out on the GameCube, hasn't haven't played it since, and it was just the coolest game. It had all the cool ambiance of a vacation and a lot of cool mechanics and playability and just... A shitload of fun in a ver- in an otherwise small game. I just I adore Sunshine in every which way. And so I'm looking so very much forward to getting my hands on that again come launch day And I believe, uh, was it November? I think it's November. Oh, no, actually, is this? Oh, shit, it's-, it's coming up in September, now that I think about it. That'll be fun. Shit, my student loan's going to go straight to games, isn't it? Yeah, mom, don't hate me. <laughs> but another interesting notion that people brought up with that was the fact that okay well they're gonna make such an effort for the 35th anniversary of mario next year is the 35th anniversary of the legend of zelda isn't it and for one a thing that they mentioned that was not to deal with the 35th anniversary but it was zelda related it was they came out and they said that the next installment in line It'll take a little longer because they are uh, developing in the world that we already know. Meaning they're going to keep on elaborating this massive goddamn world that we were already very familiar with. But in the meantime, and this is a great tactic, by the way, just to keep us busy for the time being and keep us shutting up. Is they're going to give us the Hyrule Warriors game, Age of Calamity, which is then effectively a prequel to Breath of the Wild. By all the star signs of what we saw in that teaser. That is a prequel. Because you get the time from. I would assume. Right about when Link is in the the Knights Academy. Uh, getting the Master Sword. And the entire conflict. Uh, of the 100 years prior. To Breath of the Wild actually starting. That's amazing. I look so forward. To looking. Into that game more. Seeing the new update they're going to give on the 26th of September, and learning more up until the launch day, which is the 20th of November. Actually, I know in terms of the post, uh, Glitter, my wonderful fiancé, actually put a post out on uh, KingsEyes.life. If you go KingsEyes.life slash blog, it'll be the most recent post put up there about this. Um, which will give, you know, all the sort of impressions that both me and her had, because we discussed them. Um about how amazing that game's going to be, and more than likely how it is a prequel to the um, Breath of the Wild game. And it's actually canon. A Tecmo Koi game that actually made it to canon. Matt Pat would fucking rejoice if the other one made it too. Because then effectively, you tie all the timelines together, and then you start it with the war arc, then you get Breath of the Wild, and then you get this ambiguous second one in line, which is going to be... I'm just itching for all that stuff. I can feel slightly aroused thinking about it. I'm so editing that line out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, having now spoken about pro wrestling, having spoken about Nintendo and the things uh, as relates to Zelda and Super Mario, now we're going to jump on to Motorsport, because we had a couple of um, interesting things happening over the last weekend, didn't we? Uh, for one, uh, the uh, the lesser, to me anyway, of the interests was Formula One. Because, let's let's be honest here, and I'm going to be honest just on my part. When looking at and thinking about Formula One, first thing that pops into mind is Ferrari struggling, Lewis Hamilton is winning. The end, essentially. That's kind of been the, the deal for a little while now. So it was with quite the surprise that I, I woke up late on a Sunday, very late on a Sunday, checked my phone. And I thought I had been pranked, because it said Pierre Gasly wins at Monza. And I thought, this is clearly bullshit, what? How did that happen? And then more and more of my timeline became, oh, Pierre Gasly won the F1 at Monza. And I'm like, okay, I click on one of them. And I see that, like, Carlos Sainz took second, and it was a... uh, Lance Stroll, I believe, took third place. And I'm like, huh? How in the holiest blue hell did that happen? And the other drivers that you'd typically see on the podium, they didn't retire? What in the holiest the fuckaloo has happened here? Come to find out, though, there was, you know, a red car incident, and there was some safety car issues, and uh, all in all, though, it's the sort of race that the Formula One needs, because all of a sudden... You have three first-time podiumers, more or less. I think Carlos Carlos has been on the podium once, as far as I know. Uh, So has Pierre. But none of them has been that close to a victory, and Pierre, no less. Think about this story. That's a comeback story of the century. Fellow was in Toro Rosso, as it was called at the time. Then got promoted up to the main Red Bull team. That didn't work out. Got demoted back down to Toro Rosso, and then that's rebranded now to AlphaTauri. Um... In between getting demoted... uh, No, actually, from getting demoted and onward, he scored his first podium. And he scored his first victory. That is vindication on just every level, if you think about it. Because then Fell has done his job, uh, which was, you know, to come in and be the the French hope for victory. Which I I didn't even see what it was. Was it like the last time someone had won from france in f1 since like the 70s it can't have been that i think i'm watching as i'm telling that but that was very interesting and it's a it's refreshing to see that it's not just lewis hamilton on top there which you know is that's a fantastic fantastic f1 driver all to itself in the right machine and with the right team everything clicks and hamilton is just best driver Best driver there ever was. Like, you can say, you can speak your case about Ayrton Senna and Michael Schumacher. I think totally, like, in its totality, Lewis Hamilton will probably go down as the most single most successful driver in Formula One history, because he doesn't seem like he's slowing down at any point. It seems to be staying with Mercedes, and uh, seems, yeah, not slowing down for anything currently. So, I think that's my prediction for the next couple of years. He's going to go on to be the best there ever was when it comes to points. If you want to talk full out speed, Ayrton might have him licked, but yeah, that's my opinion. But then more interestingly, for me anyway, you had the Rally Estonia, the return of the World Rally Championship happening over that same weekend, which rather than the typical three day formula, it was still a three day formula, but they just raced one stage on the first night and it was a, you know, a lot of anticipation and a lot of big names in all the classes um but one that obviously would catch my eye the most mainly on the the name that sits in uh you know one of the uh, rear side windows of his car was obviously oliver solberg which i i i keep texting with my my dad uh before events like this um Saying, like, what What do you think of Oliver's chances? And I'll typically get the answer. You uh, know, it's not, not really my Solberg because he's, you know, he's a he's a stubborn old fella. He loves his Petter Solberg, which I do too. I, I'll never be as big a fan of anything as I've been of Petter Solberg by no stretch. i met him a couple times too. Fuck, fantastic dude. By all stretches and imaginations. Probably the one person in the world that I'll still fangirl over. A little bit. But yeah, I asked him. He was like, what do you think of Oliver's chances uh, over the weekend? And I, you know, he gave the same answer. And I said, well, I think there's going to be a Solberg that's just going to, you know, don't sleep on him this weekend. And when you consider that, you have uh, other prevalent Norwegians, such as you have the Mats Osbergs, and you have the Ivan Bernilson who finally kicked off his season after being supposed to start it in the ERC and then switched it over to WRC 3, which it ended up being... He full-on went and became the fastest, uh, you know, supplemental class driver. Fastest R5 car, as they're named. Kid's 18. And he's going up against a former WRC winner in Mads Osberg, who's currently leading the WRC 2, like the, the manufacturer's championship for R5 cars, if you will. He's leading that currently. And he just had his ass whooped he, he had a puncture i'll grant him that but he got his butt whipped by an 18 year old swede a sweden norwegian i prefer norwegian but you know it's his preference he's got uh he's got a swede and a norwegian parent that's fine that's fine i'll support him either way that is so asinine that the kid has done that at 18 and i'm telling you if he doesn't sit in a top level wrc car come next year some shit will be up. Well, like, there, there will be some sort of politics involved in that decision of him not being in one of them cars. Because think about this for a second. You have Kalarovan who's currently, if I'm not too mistaken, sits, what, like, fourth in the World Rally Championship? Yeah. So you have Kalarovan who's effectively, I think he's the same age as Oliver, if maybe an, a, a year older. He sits fourth in the World Rally Championship in the top level currently Beating out guys such as oh fuck if I know, uh, you have uh, Thierry Neuville, who's been routinely one of the top three fastest drivers in the world for like the last four years. You also have um, obviously you can't really compare him this season because he's only done like one race, but you got Sebastian Loeb, who um you you may know him, you know no big deal, just the most the single most successful guy to ever lace up a pair of racing boots and go rally racing or otherwise he's got nine world rally titles ain't nobody that's that's got that and nine in succession might i add not even Sebastian Ogier who currently has let me think here he's got 20 13 14 15 and 16 um got 17 uh got 18 but the, so that puts it at six titles that Sebastian Ogier has. He can't get them nine. Uh, on one particular reason. And that's because Oytanek. The guy that sits right in front of Kalarov and Pera. Took the title last year. Congratulations to him on that. He's racing the Hyundai. And he won the Rally Estonia this year. Which probably was a great moment for him. Albeit with the pandemic and everything. That is... Very, very, uh, it's a positive, positive thing. When you see someone like Kala Rovenpera doing top four in the WRC. But then when you see that much potential in the Finnish youngster, you have to look at guys like the Norwegian Swedish youngster with the heritage of an uncle that's a multi-time Norwegian champion, uh, a cousin that's like, uh, he's, what did he do? He did silver. In the top class of the Norwegian championship a couple years ago, you have, of course, his father. That's a three-time independent or individual world champion in two different disciplines. And two-time manufacturer champion. Uh, No more, like, no later than two years ago. And then, obviously, his mother, who won the Norwegian championship in front of all the dudes. She kicked all her asses. And so you you can't not stick him in a world rally car by next year. I can't imagine that he doesn't get a world rally car by next year. <sighs> and then with that though, but that's that's for next year. We'll th- we'll think more about that as as we go. But that was the big uh, motorsports news for this week. And honestly, I think that was actually the 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 the, the top of the show. To be honest with you here. Yeah, it was. I've covered everything I was supposed to. So with that, I would like to say thank you very much for listening to my... very much my ramblings this week. It was absolute ramblings, and I'm gonna have a hell to try and record... <laughs> not to not to record. To try and have this edited and produced by Nine tonight. Good fucking luck there, King's Eyes. Yeah. But in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this on Apple Podcast, be sure to leave me a five-star review, either for my just epic tomfoolery or for... What was a monologue for the ages? I do not know, but I feel like I really had the swing of things this week, guys. Either that, or if the platform of choice also offers a rating system, be, be sure to leave me a rating there too. Leave a comment on the website, whether that be on Life or under Twitter. Um, check out the rest of Sigil Arts, you have The Dark Matters with Glitter, you have You Have Failed with Saiyan Vader, you have And Finally with Saiyan Vader. You got the uh, Storm Connect with Ed and Crunch. Then you are supposed to have a Norwegian show by a uh, me uh, called Morning Smé Cornelius. That's not happening for a little while still. And then I don't know if you heard, because I told you last week, but there's also a, a Melodies of Mystery episode that came out. That is amazing. If you listen to like the quality that was put out there, and I'm st- I hate putting myself over, as the wrestlers say, in terms of what I have accomplished and done. But that episode is probably the coolest bit of material I ever produced, and that takes in a little bit of territory, if you've seen the website. So go check all of that stuff out. There is more down the pipeline, such as uh, 8-Bit Splendor. It's not lost on us. If anything, the creative juices have really begun to flow on that, and you're gonna be super fucking excited when you hear about what's coming up for that. Um, In the meantime, also, protect yourself, right? uh during these uh different and uh, weird times of the pandemic get yourself a face mask, uh, a face mac get yourself a face mask off of wwwkingsizelife store there are six of them currently there might be more batches uh, down the line there's also a shitload of t-shirts you can even get like jogging bottoms you can get sweaters there's a new cap from the uh, king style statement collection there's stickers you can pester your younger siblings by sticking a sticker on their door or on their favorite stuffed animal where it says you have failed and you can make them cry. Now, what's better than making a younger sibling cry? Listening to Sigil Arts, uh, duh, or listening to me. But for now, this week, though, that's where the episode ends. Thank you very much for listening once again. Follow the show on I- on Twitter at IGLWKE. Follow me at Life. And for now... Have a splendid Friday, and I'll catch your ass next week. As I, class, I would like to thank you all. I'm the motherfucker all y'all ever saw. Pop, pop, another bottle, another day. We got no we sent them all away. Feeling good, feeling great. We very well accomplished, and we finna celebrate. Eh-eh-eh-eh. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Feel the rush? Put your hands up if you feeling good is us. Eh-eh-eh-eh-eh.